Hey there! <laughs> we are ready for another episode of Up for Discussion, but we really should call this one Up for Encouragement because our heart's desire is for you to leave this short time together um, feeling encouraged. I think that the topic today is something that everybody can relate to. Definitely. And it's something that you know, through the years we've spoken into because we've lived it ourselves, but it seems like a really appropriate time. Um, we just want to even start today by honoring the Johnson family and specifically Benny Johnson, who has graduated to heaven. And that's a, a very happy thing and a very sad thing. And, you know, it's moments like this in the church, in the body of Christ of course, not everyone knows her, but certainly the streams that we run in um, are, you know, ones who absolutely loved and adored, and we still do, um, Benny. And I know that she um, and Bill both have poured a lot into our lives, and, and even to Restore 7, we've had them uh, speak a couple of times for different events that we've had. And um, so when we go you know, as the body of Christ collectively through kind of um, uh, news like that, it it has the capacity to um, at best, right, mm. at best get, get us on the same page with celebrating and grieving um, the loss. But at worst, you know, it can trigger us, as you just said, it can trigger us back into areas of our own personal lives that we can all relate to. So we're going to delve into this this topic of um, disappointment. What do we do with that profound ache in our hearts that everybody has been through in some type of scenario of loss or pain or um, we've just kind of summed it all up into this one word of disappointment. Yeah, for sure. And we're just aware even of the reality of the last couple of years connected to that. There's many that have suffered different degrees of loss and in loss there's disappointment. Um, the, the whole COVID dynamic, anywhere from the COVID itself to the vaccines um, have created health consequences and considerations for people. We have people who have lost jobs because of it. And in that, you know, there's people who made a valiant stand. I'm gonna do the, the right thing and resist and you embraced freedom in some way, whether it, and obviously in other nations, we've heard of pastors who have been shut down or even jailed for, for doing the right thing. So yeah. at times we can get a little messed up in our minds, triggered to doubt, unbelief, disappointment over the fact of doing the right thing and not getting the results that we the, thought. Yeah. What we, what we thought we were going to get because we did the right thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm even thinking of like loss of innocence. I mean, so many have gone through traumatic things in their childhood that caused them to lose that that childlikeness and that ability to to um, you know look at something or someone from just a real pure-hearted place. And you know, loss can take on all kinds of forms. So um, we it, as as part of kind of preparing for today, but also just because we wanted to, we both watched um, Pastor Bill Johnson's message that he gave at their church, Bethel Church, this last Sunday morning, which was just a day or two after um, Benny was taken to heaven. And, um, you know, wow, that was extraordinary. It, it was especially meaningful for Johnny and I because... Um, we were actually with Bill the day that his dad passed away. I want to say that's how many years ago? 20 years ago? Somewhere between 15 and 20. Obviously, it's easy easy to ta tell, but it was our literally our first visit to Bethel. We had an appointment to meet with, uh, with Bill. Yeah, 15 to 20 years, somewhere around there. And uh, of all things, yeah, like I think the day we, we got there, um, Bill had to face that and then his father dying of, of cancer and then like the next meeting he had to do was a Sunday morning you know, learning to live with mystery and um, and it was an amazing message then and uh, it's just it was an amazing message again because 
it's he's someone clearly contending for the goodness of God and for healing and for testimonies. That's kind of what Bethel was known for is championing a God who heals and then telling testimonies of it. And they've experienced, you know, thousands of amazing testimonies of healing. And so then you, then it's what, what do you do when you have these type of situations? Cause it's not just a, a minimal, uh, we'll say a minimal disappointment or loss, but for him, you know, in a way you, you talk about somebody who has a right to, and quote, right to become uh, anywhere from triggered to embittered is someone who declares, you know, we're going to make Reading a cancer-free zone and then after, because that was many, many years ago, and then loses his father and his wife in that process. And so it can seem like, you know, added uh, added mocking from the enemy on, on top of it, that there's a, a mocking element. But, um, you know, I want to say something yeah. about that time that we were there. Um, that was literally up until today. That was besides the sermons that I've heard my own husband preach. That was my favorite sermon that I had ever heard was Bill's sermon the Sunday that we were there after his father died. And first of all, it was absolutely shocking that he was willing to, he didn't cancel our appointment. I mean, yeah. he knew we had come across the country. We were, I don't, we weren't even pastors at the time. We, we were, were we, we? we were um, early stages of uh, well, I think we were a refuge to the nations at that time. He and certainly had no reason to meet with us. There wasn't a friendship there. There wasn't anything. No. You know, we were just meeting him. And he didn't cancel the appointment. And we go in and, and he just shares out of that place. And, um, and then to hear him speak the next morning, for me personally, it was so impacting because, you know, my... Um, where I can really relate to and where I would typically trigger back to if I didn't have this place of my heart and yeah. life healed yeah. was the death of my mom when I was 12. And she also died of cancer. Um, and those of you that hear me talk about my mom now, I have another mom, yes. Cindy mom, <clears throat> and this is Mama Carol. So um, when she died, I just stuffed all that pain and I really didn't know how to grieve. Mm -hmm. And I remember making this, um, and I'm, I'm, we're going to go on some rabbit trails because we'll come back to some, some weighty stuff here in a second, but this kind of uh, is a good intro for that. Um, I remember when it was probably a year after she died, maybe not that long, but I was very young and I remember just that incredible pain in my heart and not knowing what to do with it. But I knew because my parents had raised me to know Jesus and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I, I had an intimate relationship with God. So I, I instinctively knew that, that what I was feeling was so much stronger than what I knew I should be feeling towards the Lord. And so I just asked God, I said, would you, um, you know, I'm not willing to let go of the fact that I miss her. Like, how do I, how would I even let go of that? And that's all I have of her is that mm -hmm. longing for her. Mm -hmm. So where do you fit into this? And how do I make sure that I love you more than I miss her? And I just said, I, I give you permission to like change that and make my love for you and my passion for you greater than mm -hmm. this ache and this longing for her that I feel. And um, I can still get in touch with that moment. You can still go moment. there. You can still go and there. And it's, it's the, the, the place of tears is because of how God showed up mm -hmm. for me in that moment and him coming, just rushing in and like supernaturally, he made that exchange for me and he gave me that, like it was a gift. He gave me that gift. And I still lived for years and years after that with that ache and that pain, which I learned as an adult is not, you don't have to settle for that. There is a comforter, but he can't comfort what we don't expose to him and bring to him. And I had never really given him permission to take that pain away. 
So all of that to say, you know, that was that was a, a, a prayer that only the Holy Spirit could have stirred in me to ask for. Um, but fast forward to years later as an adult, and I am... I'm just so reactive and not knowing why. And I've got little girls that I love and adore. I've got Mr. Wonderful that I loved and adored. But this rage that would come out of me uh, that I would be triggered to at moments that rarely had, um, it didn't measure up yeah, with the issue at hand. Right. It didn't and seem so, justifiable for the moment yet. And so finally, just with your help, I mean, there were many nights of just, you know, turmoil for both of us because you don't suffer alone when you're married and you don't, you know, as a woman, you usually won't let your husband not suffer when you're <laughs> suffering. <laughs> and so we did, we did not go quietly into the night. And I remember one night, like it was just recent, you ministering to me and, and helping me understand the pain that was in there and how First of all, I got honest with God and I, I had to be honest with myself first and then with him that I was very offended with him to say the least. In fact, I, it was more of like this feeling of just beating on his chest and just expressing from the deepest place in me, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I hope that doesn't offend you, but it's it, not recommending to everybody, but it's being honest. It It's where I was and and I was shocked that that was in me, but I was more shocked that God allowed me to love him with that in my heart. Yeah. And he, he took it. He took it like, like a dad would if a toddler would said that to them. You know, you don't, yeah. you, 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 you see through the pain, you see past the words, you see through the pain and you see the one you love. And he saw the one that he loved. And he met me in that place of honesty but I remember that night what helped me get quickly past that I hate you, God, because you're the, I know who you are. I know your character and your nature. I know that you are capable and able and powerful and willing to supernaturally heal people from cancer. And yet you didn't. And that meant that this little girl that you loved had to grow up without her mom. And so... In that place of honesty, you helped me understand that even Jesus went through that. Yeah. Does that remind you enough of that that you could kind of share from that place? Well, yes. Just when he's when he's uh, facing the cross, there comes a moment where he can no longer feel his father's presence. There's two things. There's one, there's the the intensity of what's actually taking place, and he suffered the further calamity of feeling the separation there as well, and you know to the point of my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is just unbelievable. It would be a feeling he would have never experienced before, impossible to have ever experienced before, and it's the one certainty you would think he he's feeling that he has is, yeah, I'll go through a test, but he'll be there. But because of the nature of what he was doing, the redemption uh, price he was paying, it's really a greater price than what has to happen to any other human, is that he literally was pulled back. He carried the sins of the world on his shoulders and on the cross. And so there was a pulling back of the father because of the sin weight that he was carrying. And so he literally felt it but part that I think I was telling you about that's it's really something since very young that I processed mm. how could God in the flesh how because that's who Jesus Christ is how can you be God and feel like the father of course we know it's God the son and feel like the father has forsaken you and then the you know the servant is not greater than the master if he has gone through that himself then we understand we understand a couple maybe a couple scary things about our god in the same way um you know there's a scriptures sometimes misunderstood it said it pleased him to bruise his son it's not that it, there's not a sadistic thing but he knew what was being accomplished through that suffering 
And so that's kind of an early discovery in our Christian walk, something that shocks and scares us and gives us our first chance of being triggered to unbelief is the level of pain he will allow us to experience, the level of disappointment. And there is an assumption, we're serving God, there's victories, there's people preaching abundant life and provision and health. And it doesn't mean any of those messages are wrong. Some of them probably are in an overstated context. But again, you'll see that's Bill Johnson. He's like, he's in a good mood. He wants to heal, deliver. And so it's not wrong to understand that aspect of him. But there was something about what he was allowed to experience. And 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 that's, I think, what's the, the, the waves of shock in life are, wow, he's allowing us to feel that level of whether it's pain, disappointment. If you've lost somebody close, you know what we're talking about. That's just one of those, yeah. what a severe, you know, cut kind of into the soul. But as you see, even for those of you who watch uh, Bill, you're able to minister from such a, a deep place. Following that's what we've seen with your life, how the people have been easily uh, could come to you easily, and because there's something that's like you don't really know how to comfort me or speak to me if you haven't had that kind of loss, and and the level of loss you've experienced makes it so much easier. It's, it's a tool of of the Lord, or a tool is hard word to use, but it becomes a bridge in t- between His sons and daughters, one that needs ministering, one that can provide it. And so we see uh, God at work in that way. But yeah, that was just to go back in simple form. I was sharing with you that I didn't go into all that with you that night. I was just like, you know, um, that is, that's an aspect of who he is. I also remember um, when I was young, asking the Lord to, to redeem the situation my mom's death so much, so thoroughly and completely that at some point in my life, I would actually be thankful that I went through, you know, that I lost her, that, that, that we lived life without her. And that was a huge ask. And I have to tell you, there have definitely been those moments where I have known, like, I wouldn't know certain aspects of God if I hadn't experienced what what the suffering that she went through and that therefore our family went through. Um, And, you know, Bill talks about that at some point. I want to read some of my favorite quotes from listening to that message. But so you talked about how, you know, you had to process that. Are there some moments in your life when, you know, like I'm, we were part of believing for Benny's healing and we had a little bit of interaction with her praying for her. And, um, you know, it was such an honor to add our faith to the faith of many others that have been praying for her. And so of course we don't regret that, but there comes this disappointment when we heard the news. So what does that trigger back in you? If, if, if you didn't have healed places in your heart, what kind of things have you been through that? Well, even when you have healed places, it does take you back to different things. And so I can go all the way back to being an 18-year-old um, teenager in Peru, South America. And in my little 18-month-old niece um, that had really connected strongly with me um, dying and and just processing that and just being like, stumped, just not having a grid for how that could be, mm-hmm. how God could allow that, how it could happen. Um, we had in, in our early days of pastoring there in Atlanta, uh, I don't know how many years, 15 years ago or somewhere around there, another five-year-old uh, boy that the Lord had done miraculous things and we had prayed for him. He'd come out of the hospital and we, I, you know, I realized I had spent over a hundred hours personally with him, laying hands on him and had seen great recovery to the point where he came from a coma to being back home and, and 
coming to church and where we stop praying for him for a while, then suddenly getting uh, overnight, almost seemingly getting bad and then dying and then waking up the next morning and remembering it like, this is the worst day of my life. I remember waking up thinking this is the worst day of my life because I'd walked through you with had, the parents very closely as well. And you then, had been asked by them specifically for months to keep praying, keep praying over him. And then when he died, you were asked by the parents well, to contend to, to pray so, for resurrection. Yeah, for hours, literally praying over him for that. And so I felt, you know, just pruned back to a nub and just felt, you know, it was grief for the parents. Mm -hmm. And then just, Lord, what kind of missed opportunity? Because there was a buzz going around because he was, you know, he was being healed and he was coming back. And, and so that was a time of really had a profound um, interaction with the Lord where one of the, just the key lines he gave me, I think for anybody who's had to fight and contend for something, because I said, Lord, it was a waste. I, why did you allow me to waste a hundred hours praying? Why didn't you just take him the first 50? He wasn't supposed to live an hour. First time I prayed for him, uh, an hour or two, wasn't supposed to make it. And so I was like, why didn't you just take him? Why allow a hundred wasted hours and almost makes the pain worse? You know, right. you process these things. And the Lord said, I assure you, there's no wasted prayer. Whatever you contend with, you get. It was an interesting thing. Whatever you contend for, you get. And I was like, huh? He's like, it's my call if you get it in direct form or in seed form. Best way to simply explain that you can think of corn on the cob is something you get in direct form. And then there would be the kernels of corn. You could say cornmeal would be the effect of it. You know, you let it go to full harvest or, but just if you understand one stalk of one corn stalk will produce something that then has a hundred kernels on it. So you could get a hundred times the harvest uh, later. And so the Lord has allowed there to be an amazing harvest of healed people after that and all that kind of stuff. But he's, he was like, that was his way, it will say, of encouraging and comforting me as you get what you contend for. So just be aware, whatever you contend for in faith is, uh, is something that in several ways you get. It does something in your spirit, the insistence on God is good and he can do this. And that's ultimately what it's about is like, it's not a guarantee that we pray for somebody. So I guarantee you, you're going to be healed. I guarantee, you know, we can do that in our, we'll say early uppity faith, but there's a point of, you know, give me a shot at it because sometimes when, when I do contend, God brings full healing like this. He brings people back from death or near death. And so there is, you know, my own father prayed probably the last 15 years, maybe 15 or 20 years of his life. He had Parkinson's and it just advanced, but he he read probably an hour of scriptures every single morning by his stripes, I am healed. And um, and then he passed on and, and literally, um, uh, you know, while he, while we did three days fasting and praying for him as a family or whatever, and seeing nothing, 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 praying for, and seeing hundreds and thousands of healings in meetings with teams and, it just kind of was like disconnect. How how is this happening? Happening, and and then and then my mom uh, seven eight years ago, I'm trying to remember the timetable on that right now. Um, her also it's some form of cancer, latent latent life cancer, taking her out, and literally I'm I'm in Colombia and praying for a governor's mom. And literally have just prayed for her and she had been deaf and her ears are opening and I'm, I'm over the phone. They said, um, your mom is right now dying, passing. She's conflict and contradiction. But one of the things you pick up quickly there is if, if because I think it's something Bill talks about, if you're going to make God hostage to the fact that he didn't perform something just right now, then you don't keep move moving forward that governor doesn't have a mom who can hear if i'm like so i must have an understanding why my mom uh why my dad why my dad what if, if i gotta have an answer for all these things then we can't contend for him to to be good in the way we know he can be he can be and is good yeah. and we just there's 
a lot of things we don't understand, but we know there's an opportunity to continue to, uh, to contend for the goodness of God in the land of the living, and that's what we do. So yeah, we've both had our, uh, our discouragements, things we can trigger back to, but this type of situation, um, and, you know, we're very, we, especially uh, me, it connected much more to Benny the last couple of years, both of us, and interacted with uh, Bill and Benny and had him at, uh, you know, an event. And um, we were, we were just uh, really pressing in for her as well. But it doesn't, it's sad, but it's, it's not about to devastate uh, us from our faith in God or in any way or, or lead us to unbelief. I know something, probably one of the things you're going to read. I was, I, there's just one thing I wrote down mm-hmm. that uh, Bill had said, morning takes you to, to, to the comforter or to unbelief. And I can say, we can expand it, say disappointment, you know, because we, we don't want to just this, this be just about if you lost somebody, that's, that's a part of it. But there's people can live in that, you know, either uh, there's, you know, children have left the Lord and it's like, you don't know how to process that. And there's promises over them and their life. There's been delay of so many other things. There's disappointment, there's promises. Uh, you thought were promises, maybe they were, uh, something happened, you had a timetable, you were going to be married, going to be in a relationship. Um, again, we have assumptions of a quick or easier reward than it is. We know that's who our God is, and that's why we contend for things, but you can, any one of those things, and so I could add to mourning takes you to the comforter or to unbelief, is disappointment will take you to unbelief or the comforter. And the problem with going into unbelief, you just separate yourself from God and the comforter will, will help it make enough sense. Not necessarily tell you all the reason. We still don't have. Right. You've never been given a reason. Well, here's the reason your mom, right. though she was contending in faith for years. Even if you get the reason, it doesn't change it. So yeah. it's not that it's going to be all that satisfying. What, what Bill yeah. says I th- thought was so good. He said... You need to mourn good. It will either, and we'll say, handle your disappointment well. Either it will take you to the comforter or to unbelief. Answers won't fix the problem. His presence will. Yeah, that was good. And and just more of him. You know, it's in his presence that there is peace and joy and comfort. And we say this a lot, but you can't give away what you don't have. And if if moments of disappointment or even years of disappointment allow us access to aspects of God that we couldn't have otherwise had if we weren't suffering, if there wasn't something going different than we wanted or hoped, or even that, you know, people have a general right to, it doesn't, what is it really worth if it's not taking us to that deeper place of knowledge of who he is and what he's like. And it seems contradictory because the whole point is that we would know God and you would think the best way to know him is to actually experience um, his the good healing. Testimony. Yeah. yeah, all of the miraculous things. And you know what? It is. Yeah. That is. And that is what we're contending for. So we are in a generation where we're not seeing all that we know we can see that is in him. And so the the tension becomes holding on to the truth of who he is, his nature, his character, the biblical truth about our God. Holding on to that when we do not see it, when we do not personally experience it, and in that place is what's happening that you that you just mentioned of John um, 12. Let's see, my notes are a little bit. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just had it. John 12, 24. Unless a grain of wheat falls into oh, yeah. the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. It's, it's the principle that you just said, you know, you, what you sow, you're going to reap a harvest of. But if you don't sow it and you just enjoy it for the moment, there there is no harvest. There is no greater increase. And so we 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 would be satisfied. Just think about this for a second. 
if right now our generation had had the I don't want to say the authority because we already have the authority we already have everything we need but there's something that hasn't switched over yet where we're not able to for example walk into a hospital and empty it of all patients COVID and non-COVID where we're not able right now we're going to keep doing it but to go into a morgue and see the dead raised so my point with that is if we were able if, to if we were able to do that right now we wouldn't contend for the we we would we systems. would settle for those things when god not only wants to raise the dead who are dying because of evil's agenda working in the earth through people and you know, evidently there is already a cure for cancer multiple times over that is being hidden from us. That is my belief, and we have good reason to believe that. But even going in, like healing people, all of these things, we would settle for the quick fix and not contend for that plus the greater, because the greater always includes the lesser. So if we're if we know it's in God's heart to heal and raise from the dead and all these things, and we're not seeing it and we're doing our part, then maybe it's because he actually wants to give us something even greater than that that includes that. And what could be greater than than healing the very structures and going after the darkness that has invaded our culture that is producing disease? and sickness and all of these things. I so appreciate, I just need to throw this in here, um, then I'll throw the ball back to you. I so appreciate how um, not only is Benny someone, to me this was like, what is this called in sports? Like a triple home run, a triple? Grand slam home run, is that what you're trying to say? We just got a grand slam in terms of, of planting a grain of wheat for a greater harvest because she contended in three areas like the champ. I mean, for health, nutrition, she was on it. She's got a book on it, right? Um, Well, probably four areas, but intercession kind of bled over into all of it. For the nation, for freedom in our country, she was on it. She was bold. She um, She had no problem speaking from the pulpit of religion in her life into politics and government and in her intercession. Um, and then also, of course, uh, contending for the supernatural healing of people's bodies. And all three of those, I believe we are going to see a great, I demand in the spirit realm, we will see a great harvest because she contended for all three. And so we're going to see all three of these areas. Amen. Amen. Well, in part, I think what I told you is remembering some more back to that night years ago is about Jesus. Um, He also said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And and nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. that, That was part of the expanded, interesting conversation is like, how would you not know that? And so it was a reality. I think it's part of what I shared with you that night. When Jesus was reduced to human right. limits, the same limits that we have, in his mind, he had already seen a better way in his mind from his earthly perspective. He may have thought through just some practical things. I, I've just started ministry three years ago, and I've turned this world upside down with just not even being full blast all the time just um, really targeting the house of Israel first and just beginning into the Gentiles, whatever the plan is, why don't we just finish it up? Why don't we just do it now? Why, why do, you know, yeah, we can, I'm just saying, yeah. that's part of my conversation. But he says, but if it'd be possible, let this cup, so, but he sees right. death. What he's facing is this very dynamic. You're saying, no, you need to be planted for a future harvest and he didn't he was restricted and not knowing what it was that's the obvious thing if it be possible let this cup pass from me he was thinking so you we find this this thing that the godhead it's not that they're in disagreement but he sees from a different vantage point when he's reduced to humanity but he's enough of god to know 
you're the wiser one. So nevertheless, not my will, but your, yours be done. And we understand that we don't know what five to eight billion more people are in heaven now because he it didn't, <laughs> if nothing else, yeah. we know there are billions more in heaven presently right now because it was put off on delay. And so we, we see uh, with that kind of 20, it was not even 2020 hindsight because we don't know the full ramifications of the picture. But that's just a reality. There's something Bill said, and you might find it as well, that there's these are just unique opportunities that happen. These are unique opportunities to... Um, to reveal something uh, when you when you suffer something at this level, the pain of this level, I was reminded as well when we prayed for that five year old boy years ago, um, and I felt I, I felt totally numb. I felt I remember saying I just feel like a, a tree that's had every branch cut off. And yeah, you said I don't know if I can ever pray for another sick said, person again. I literally said I don't know if I could pray for another sick person again. The problem was I had a trip scheduled the next week to Peru. And at the, this was pre-Seven Mountain message. So the only message, the only thing I was <laughs> called for was for signs and wonders and for healing. And so I remember in that first night, and I was I was even in worship, I was like, what am I going to do? There's going to be, this is going to be embarrassing. There's no going to be, there's going to be no healing. I have no faith. I doubt God's going to do anything. And yet I stand up at the end after speaking and really about, miracles and what God does. And I said, you know, there's going to be healing here tonight. And uh, if you're sick, you know, come on up and I'm going to lay hands on you. And and so the, the altar's just packed with people because this is what I had become known for at the time. And I was like, oh, what a disaster tonight is going to be. And, and so... Uh, feeling nothing, feeling no presence, feeling nothing. It was one of the most powerful nights, healing nights ever. Um, I, I don't know if everybody was healed, but almost everybody, remarkable healings that took place. And that's that stayed with me forever as well. There's something that God honors. He looked at it as faith. In my mind, it's like, I don't even have faith. He's like, you're doing it. You just said, I'm going to heal and you didn't feel it, and in the contradiction of what you just experienced, uh, the mystery of why it didn't happen, as Bill it, might speak into, yeah. you processed that, and you went ahead and gave me a chance to do so. And so I knew from then on, I never had to feel, I never had to feel like I was anointed, I feel positive about the, the meeting, what's gonna happen. It's like, it's about him, we're gonna give him an opportunity, we're going to give him a chance. And so there, there are things that you learn. There are sacrifices that you give to the Lord or for the Lord. There's a fragrance that you give by just insisting to the nth, even contending. You know, you're going to get mocked at by somebody. There's going to be people not happy anytime you pray for somebody, especially once they're already dead. And you contend for them for hours. But you know why? There's something when the Lord, the Lord knows that there's something in us that's aware. We read the Bible. He raised Lazarus. He raised people from the dead. So we know if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in us, it can quicken dead things. It can make dead things come alive. And so it's the knowledge of who he is that we keep pressing into, we call upon, even if we haven't seen it in a long time. And it's only going to release a fragrance of, of blessing to him if, if we do that. I think so there's a good. second part, part in there, but um, I, I like the way he said this. Um, these are, this is a quote from the message. And I would encourage you, like, if you're going to listen to any sermon, listen to this one and then earmark it because when you go through a hard time or someone you know goes through a hard time that's equivalent to loss or this profound disappointment, this is a message that you're going to want to recommend to people. So we're going to have it um, in the links below so you can easily go to it, but it's on YouTube and it's... Um, the name of the message is Breaking the Bread of My Soul by Bill Johnson. But here he says, the level of revelation will always be equal to the level of mystery you're willing to live with. And of course, revelation ultimately means revelation of, of God or uh, some truth that he is revealing about himself to you. So the revelation we cry out for will always be equal to the level of mystery you're willing to live with. 
your inability to live with mystery the mystery the questions that like yeah what why didn't it why not yeah. yeah your inability to live with mystery is your resistance to childlikeness think about it kids up into a certain age they don't there's no why doubt doesn't they, come easy yeah they just they're just along for the ride Childlikeness is what gives us access to dimensions and realms of the kingdom that you cannot get any other way. So revelation is connected to the level of mystery that we're willing to live with. And the level of mystery that we're willing to live with is equivalent to our resistance or acceptance of being childlike. And our childlikeness connects us, gives us access to the dimensions and realms of the kingdom that we cannot get any other way. Yeah, let me jump in with, and you'll be familiar with this as well. You know, we took, I, I can't remember what we counted, somewhere between 100 and 200 mission trips. And, and we took teams and, and for most of those early years, it really was, everybody got to pray for people. And it was a frequent thing that we would run into. Somebody on the team at the end of the night, we'd even among ourselves share all the miracles because uh, every night there would be miracles and healings and no matter what. <clears throat> but somebody, like I can't pray for anybody anymore. And it's they prayed for somebody and it was a tough one. Somebody, I remember this situation, I'm, it was somebody in a wheelchair and they didn't come out. They had to, uh, 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 you know, see the other ones being healed. And so this person so identified with this healing that didn't take place, they were going to shut down, um, you know, forever. And so that, this is a real practical application, what you're talking about. There's a mystery. Why is this power seem to go here, but it doesn't go there. I, I was even telling them of praying. There was two blind men brought to me, uh, one night and I prayed for the first one, totally blind. And and um, stuck with him 10, 15, 20 minutes and one eye at a time, but he could see, he could see perfectly well out of both, out of both eyes. And so it was like, yes. And then the next man beside him and his eyes didn't look as bad. Uh, his, and I was like, listen, and I had them shake hands. I said, this guy couldn't see, he was just like you. And you're gonna see because he, and so it was just full of faith. My faith was high, the guy beside him, the other miracle had happened and I stay with him for 20 minutes and it doesn't budge, nothing happens. And so, you know, you can stop I wonder why that is. And that thing of I wonder why it is, is this thing Bill's talking about, this, this mystery. If you, you can overanalyze yourself, I gave the analogy back then of even, uh, I call it the baseball principle. You swing hard every time. And if you over-scrutinize, you overstate. why did I swing and miss? How did I strike out? And you get yourself too internalized and all that kind of stuff. They'll even, in baseball, they'll say it's, you know, he lost, he's lost all confidence. A baseball ter terminology, there's no longer swinging with confidence. So you swing because you know that sometimes you hit. Sometimes you get a home run. And so I was I've always had to encourage the people even that come with us, listen, you can't stop. You have to insist. You have to keep, you cannot allow the question of why didn't that person get healed? So the application for each of us, for each of you who are listening, the enemy's strategy will be to give you such a big disappointment, whether it's a death, whether it is a delay, a promise you thought was a sure thing. I mean, I'm telling you, the body of Christ is littered with those who have just stopped running. Mm -hmm. They stopped running because there is an unexplainable loss, delay, whatever it is. And you have to understand that's a strategy of the enemy, is you can't allow him to win. Because if you will, it, again, just think if you're, I know you're not a sportsman unless you're a man, just think if you'll no, keep swinging. women that are. You'll, yes, they'll do it. Sports. If you'll keep swinging, you're going to, you're going to hit, especially if you hear and especially if you've ever hit before, that's the thing I know. I could I could have 10 consecutive, nothing happens when I pray for people, but I'm like, no, you know what? If I keep if I keep contending, if I keep going for it, something's someone is gonna get better. I don't know all, I don't know, you know, their faith, our faith, their faith, there's the overall, the enemies uh, on them, they have too much, there's unforgiveness, there's all kinds of ways to get in the weeds of trying to figure it out but you want to not, you want to be as you, what you just read about uh, Bill, 
the childlikeness, because that's the other, you didn't connect it, he didn't connect it, but you must become as a little child to enter to the kingdom. If you want to experience kingdom realities, you got to be able to keep that, that kingdom simple, simple faith there. I know we got to yeah. wind down here. Yes. Well, the time is going by so that? fast. Um, yeah. So what I hear you saying is that basically the only way you're not going to score is by walking off the field yes, and not if you even quit. trying if yeah. you quit. And there's an aspect of that that is very motivating, but I will tell you I I personally have to even ground myself in a in a whole nother level of that because I'm not going to walk off the field, but I'm aware that I don't know really know how to say this. I'm going to swing no matter what, even if everybody goes home and the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if that's a good application, but we get the point. <laughs> My point is that because of relationship with my father, yes. it's like yeah. it's like if if Johnny somehow disappeared on me, I'm never gonna stop knowing who he is and what he's like. I can't. I've experienced him. I know who he is. I know his character, and I, I no one could ever talk me out of knowing his character. So when you know the character and nature of God you care about what he cares about. And so I can't do what I can't do. I'm not the one performing the miracle, but I'm certainly going to look at someone and care and pray for them. And if, and I don't believe this for a second, but if I knew right now that the rest of my life, I would never see a supernatural miracle. I would never I don't know, whatever the supernatural things are. Even with our contending for heaven on earth and, and the kingdom of God coming to these areas of culture, even if I knew we weren't going to take any more ground in my lifetime, I would still contend for it. Because that's what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, yeah. you, you, it's, not, it's not an option to, to know him as anything other than these things. No, it's, I think something else Bill said, and I've been aware of as well, uh, you may even have a, a quote there. I know we're at winding down time. There's something of of what we can, actually, I'll call it, I call it a fragrance we can offer to the Father, um, a faith fragrance mm -hmm. that nobody in heaven, it doesn't matter all the amazing tens of millions of angels around the throne with all the throne, all the excellence, there's, there's a worship of being in contradiction, being in limitation uh, of, of perspective and view and, and not being this open, literally heaven scenario. And where we insist he's good, especially right after a contradiction, right after something that seems to uh, you know, defy what we contend for, we can consider it even embarrassing that we, we, you know, we contended for a good God. There's something that really touches his heart. There's an opportunity to touch yeah. his heart. And I'm feeling That's again, right. just as we... I, Bill we, really speaks into that in his message. Yeah, as we're closing, it's just that there's people, again, whether it's, you know, you can't move forward because your husband dropped out. You can't move forward because your wife did. You can't you can't move forward because your kids, and they had so much promise on them, and, and, and the Lord promised so many things, and it didn't happen. And so... You know, there's there's all kinds of these scenarios. There's something about if if you will get back in the saddle, mm -hmm. if you will not, I think Bill talks about holding the Lord hostage in some way. It's like, no, you got to do this first and then we will. If there there is something about doing that, that will do two things. It will touch the Lord in a unique way, in a way that Nobody else can touch him in heaven. And it will release something. There's something else. And again, quit saying it's, it's both me, but I know we're doing a lot of echoing of, of Bill because it was so rich. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was sharing out of that deep place, out of that deep. That's why it's such a profound message yes. is he just suffered a deep cut mm -hmm. and a, a, a great opportunity to 
uh, question God and trigger himself into unbelief or whatever. And he so was not going to leave that for one moment. That's that's what we want to embrace. And so that's why we're we're mentioning mentioning that as well. This is a time to uh, stay encouraged with our God. Believe he's good because he's good because he's good because he's good because he's good. And, and so we just want to encourage you with that. We use this phrase a lot right now, hold the line, right? Everybody's hearing that, hold the line. To me, what that phrase means is hold the line for who you know God to be and do not let go of, of the truth of who he is and how he is. His, he's been so good to all of us. And Bill brings this up. It's a typical scripture that people will bring up in times of loss. But the the idea that we're, um, you know, running a race and mm. there's scripture all about that, but I won't take the time to go into it. But there is a relay race mm. and we each get a get a turn carrying that baton. And you don't, you know, when when you go to heaven, you don't stop being. In fact, you're more alive than ever. And so right. then you're part of this cloud of witnesses are heroes of the faith, right? And and there's this, this joining together where just like the person who runs the relay race, you're not, you're not going to just, when you're done and you pass it to the next person, you're not like going home. You're going to stay on the field and watch your team win. And so we're all in this together. And when they win, all of them get the same reward at the end, even though it was the last person that finished the race technically. And so when we hold the line, when we hold the truth of who God is and how good he is and, and what he's capable of in our, in our personal lives and in the world, we hold that and we carry that. And whether we see the results of it like we want to see in our own life or not, it doesn't matter. We carry it and it gets passed. And not only that, but I believe that when we stand in those moments of believing even when we don't understand in that that place of contradiction, whether you're like, why am I not married? I've been waiting to be married. I've believed for this. I know it's God's heart to give me a partner, all of this. You know, God's even given me visions about who it is or whatever. You know, when you hold the line in whatever aspect of promise God has given you, whether you see the results in this lifetime or in eternity, you're making a difference in the spirit realm. I believe that that there's this this like veil that's between heaven and earth and it's getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And as we remain faithful to who he is, it makes room for others to have more access to the truth of who he is and how he is. It it all everything matters. Everything is connected. Um, the revival, the reformation that we're all contending for is coming. And every time we believe, especially in the face of these triggering moments, um, and we hold that line, it it is going to make a difference. And it is a part, you know, it's like that tree you're chopping down. You don't actually see the tree go down until the final chop, but every single chop before that mattered. Yeah. It all matters. Okay, one last thing, if you can close with this. I don't know if you remember, but you also, the night we started talking about this, the night where I was grieving so horribly and I was honest with God and 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 I would encourage you to be honest with God. Expose those places that you get triggered to that aren't healed yet. Expose them. Go in your closet or in your car, wherever you can just be with God and let it out and just say, this hurts. And I need you to go in there and heal it. And he actually will. You will find that that sometimes moments like that in God's presence with the Holy Spirit bringing comfort to real honest tears um, can do what maybe years of therapy couldn't do. I'm not saying don't go to therapy. I'm just saying if you've tried it all and you haven't done that, it's worth trying. Back to that night, I remember that you told me, um, you pointed out that because I was like, how will I ever trust God again? And and part of my reactive nature back in those days as a young mom was because I couldn't control everything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't keep everything at a place of um, 
utopian uh, quince. Yeah, utopia enough to to satisfy the ache in me that I had not not exposed to the Lord. And so, in that um, place of vulnerability, you just began to talk to me about how I could trust God because Jesus, you know, He said seven things on the cross, and the second to last thing he said was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the very last thing he said. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. So the very one that he felt forsaken by, the one that he had the most mystery and contradiction around in that moment is the very one that he gave his last breath to and said, here we go. I am completely yours, even though I don't understand and I feel forsaken by you. And, you know, Jesus paved the way for all of us. If you've never read Psalm 22 in the light of that, Jesus on the cross, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was actually quoting the first verse of Psalm 22. And that is such a powerful, um, honest place to go to with the Lord. And it ends, I wish that I had brought my Bible just to end with that, but it ends with him um, in Psalms with David saying, um, future generations, because he goes on and on, you've forsaken me, where are you? You know, I, I feel like a worm, I'm, you know, and it actually describes a lot of what Jesus ultimately went through in, in his, his, um, his suffering before the cross and then on the cross. But then it ends and it says, future generations will see and will know, you know, all these amazing things about you. And that's that's what this is all about. Yep. It's um it's never about what it looks like on the surface. It's always about something greater and more eternal. And that's why there's such a rub. That's why it's so hard, is because we don't even realize. The reason why things affect us so deeply is because they are connected to something that's eternal. And what's more eternal than our perspective of our Father? So let's just, um, <clears throat> let me just pray and allow us to finish this time. But it was just coming to my mind and, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit does want to minister to many of you right now. And just again, reminding you, Jesus had to go through that test of, if it be possible, let this test pass for me. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The guy who announced Jesus was John the Baptist, and he's in prison, about to be beheaded, and he has to send word through the disciples because it just, it, the way he's looking at it, this is not going the way he was the prophet. This is not going the way he thinks he prophesied, that he scripted this. And, um, and so there was... You know, are you, were you the one? Are you the one? It's crazy that he would be in this place and be thrown in, into consternation if like, uh, did, I, did, did I just do everything fake or wrong or whatever? And then, you know, Jesus had them send back, say, listen, the dead are raised, sick are healed, um, all the things that Jesus said. And blessed is he who was not offended uh, in me, by me. You know, there's just so much so in, profound. in there. And then you have, you know, the disciples, all of them gone after Jesus dies. And we find that all the key people having to do with who are, are you know, Jesus, John the Baptist, the original disciples, apostles, the whole foundation group of our faith, they, they all went through moments of, I don't get this. This, this is not making sense to me. Every single one. Yeah. So if you feel picked on, by you being in that position, don't allow the enemy to do that to That's you right. anymore because this like this is just kind of goes with the territory. Yeah. And so we just Lord, right now I just ask you to come in. We know you're ministering to people right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you. You are the spirit of truth, the spirit of counsel. You are the counselor and the helper. Mm -hmm. We just ask that you would release that, Lord, to any who has just quit the race, Lord. Anyone who has quit running because the disappointment the the distress the distress the despair the grief they've gotten stuck in whatever way lord holy spirit i ask that you would just do something right now that you would release something to everyone who's listening 
that they would, would find themselves rekindled by your power, Holy Spirit, to get in the race, to get back in the race, get back into contending for who you are in the land of the living. Thank you for this, Lord, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. There's no room for fear because you are so loved. We are so loved by our Father. And um, that is another thing that the enemy likes to sneak in when when someone we love and admire has a battle like like Benny did. And there's no fear. We This is not an option. We don't have the luxury of fear. We are moving forward. It's only about increase and advancing the kingdom, advancing who he is, how good he is. And we're in it together and we're a family. And um, so just, you know, in the comments there, if there's um, something that you've been struggling with or you feel to encourage someone else, then feel free to do that. And uh, we love you guys. Yes, we do. And we'll see you next week on Up for Discussion. Yeah.